Hey everybody on Podcast Land is David coming at you with a brand new podcast. Well, today we're going to talk about slaying your lion. And if there's a lion or a problem that's inside your your uh, road that you're traveling, you need to slay that lion and continue down that path. Don't let anything deter you or stop you. Lions are there just to stop you from getting out there and continuing your travel. But the slothful man looks out the window and says, there's a lion, I'm not going out there. But the smart man, the man with confidence, the man that trusts God, will go out there and slay that lion. And that's who we are today. Sit back, enjoy this podcast, and please share it with somebody. God bless. Hey everybody on Podcast Land, it's David coming at you with a brand new podcast. Well, it is Tuesday. We're in like about November 7th, I think it is. And we're heading towards Thanksgiving. And I can't wait. Because I think this year is going to be a great Thanksgiving. And I'm glad today I'm able to talk to you. Um, Last week I recorded a podcast I spent about an hour working on it and when I got done I looked down and it wasn't even saving it didn't save the recording so that was a, a little blow to the the daily grind and so today I'm happy because I'm able to do it again now let me give you a little hint on something I do I pretty much every day when you're facing really hard times and you're facing really bad things sometimes it's really hard to do stuff so the Lord over the last five or six months been really working on some prayer and different kind of scriptures the Lord's been using on me to encourage me to use in a different way Um, trust me I had different plans different ideas and the Lord wiped that slate clean and has changed everything and I I'll tell you what I talked about last week because I don't I don't want that to go to waste. I really want to go back and rehash some of the stuff I talked about last week that I wasn't able to put up. One of the things I was talking about was going to your prayer closet. And uh, when you go to that prayer closet, you shut the door and what you pray in secret, your father will reward you openly. That's pretty powerful. That whole thing was pretty powerful, but it wasn't time for it to go out yet. And the enemy did not want it to go out yet. So I came up with a lot of resistance on that one. But let me give you just a little bit of the highlights so that way you can glean something from it before I can come back and teach on it, maybe in a lesson or something. Maybe the Lord says it's not time yet, David, uh, because the prayer closet is a pretty powerful place. It's a secret place. It's a place between you and our Father. Our Father is Jesus. And what you pray in that secret place, nobody gets to hear, nobody gets to see, nobody knows anything except our Father which is in heaven. And you have to be asking for something in order for him to give you something. He says what what you ask in secret, he will give it to you openly. He's not going to just hide it. Um, That reminds me of when the disciples were arrested, the apostles, and then they tried to sneak them out of the jail and get them out of there. And they says, no, we're not leaving. You're taking us out the same way you brought us in here. And that's how I feel about the enemy in my situation. I can't get people to grasp this. I'm not even tried. This is probably the most I've ever 
besides my wife hinting to her stuff, you know, in my heart about this, nobody knows what I'm going to say right now, but years ago, years ago, before I even went to the Philippines, I had a dream. And at the time, my best friend, I told him, I was staying at his house, my dream. I was woke up in the middle of the night and the, the Lord spoke to me in my dream. I didn't see God whenever I've had any of these dreams or visions with God. I've never seen his face. Held his hand. I could feel his presence. And he spoke to me as, as in my dream, I seen a door in front of me shut. And he says, don't worry. People are praying. And I woke up. And the most fear just came over me because my rational thinking kicked in and started to say things like, if God is telling you not to worry, that means something bad's going to happen. And that's what I started to focus on right away. But then I had to dismiss it and pray and work hard on some things and to move forward. And the doors started shutting right away. Doors started shutting. Boom, this door, this door, this door, this door. Every avenue that I was walking down in my life that had open doors, great visions, great ideas, they all were getting shut. Ministries, the churches I was involved in, the places I was going, the people I was meeting, people I thought I was going to spend life with, all doors were shut. Friends, gone. Doors were shut. Till the very moment I'm in now, doors are still being shut. Now, it's not to say that there's been open doors along the way. There's been things that's happened along the way. Very positive and good things. I don't think God would ever put anybody through 100% evil and just leave it at that. God doesn't work that way. And I'm not saying God did any evil to me, but what I'm saying is, is he gave me a warning in the middle of a night about doors being shut. Now, I know where I'm going, and let me explain why I'm telling you this, is because just before I started telling you this dream that I had, the disciples were arrested, and they were not being released. The disciples were not being released, you know, like the same way they were arrested. They were trying to hide them, get them out of there. They don't want them involved. And they says, no, you're not going to, the same way we came in, we're going out the same way. I'm telling you this because along the way I have given up on a lot of these these dreams and visions, dismissed them as, oh, it wasn't right, something was wrong, I, I interpreted it wrong, I must not have been listening right, I must have ate something bad cheese or something. But then along the way something happened because I started meeting lots of people and lots of different people in my life that had answers for me. Their answers were all wrong, just like Job's friends. Even to this day, their answers are wrong. Even ministry, even people close to me, they're wrong because I've already been speaking to God and I know that the same way that I was brought in, I'm going to be brought out because Satan is not going to get off on this one. The same way he came in to destroy my life, he's going to rebuild it. I'm not saying Satan's rebuilding my life, but the enemy, when he is caught, he's going to restore sevenfold. And I am not going to cheapen any of these experiences I went through because it's been hell, real hell. Now, I can't explain it to people. I don't try because people are very insensitive. Most people are not empathetic. Even when they say they are, they're not. 
I've been guilty of it, where you try to empathize with somebody and you really don't do any good. You actually do more harm. Because sometimes when people are in situations, we can be very damaging by the words we say and the things that we try to say for God. And it has nothing to do with what God's plans are for that person. And God is not going to move just because you say he has to move. He's not, he's, he's God. We're talking about the real living God. I'm not talking about some fake, fictitious thing in our head that we, we make up and we walk around blowing on people, knocking them over and that kind of stuff. I'm talking about a real living God. And the same way I was marched into this trial, I'm going to be marched out. Now, your prayer closet, very important because I think we neglect our prayer closets way too much, especially in Pentecost. Pentecostals have a big problem with their prayer closet. The reason why I say that is because everything has to be in the open. Their dancing's in the open, their praying's in the open, their shouting's in the open. And I told my wife not too long ago, I was telling her some stories, and this is just coming to me as I'm talking about the Ark of the Covenant, because I'm, I was talking about our world affairs right now and how people are all gung-ho about going to war about stuff. Even God's chosen people going to war. They're ready to go to war. Well, that's a big mistake. Even, even Pentecostals that are dancing, just because they had the Ark of the Covenant at one time doesn't mean that he's going to go in that battle with them. And it was a real awakening to Israel when God says, I'm not stepping into this battle, and he didn't tell them. And they marched right into the battles and they took the Ark of the Covenant right up in there shouting and yelling and they made a big noise and the enemy decimated them. Now, if you know what I'm talking about, then you understand that you better be right with God and you better know what he's talking about before you march up in a battle. Now, if you're all gun-ho and you're trying to correct me right now, then you don't know what I'm talking about. You're going to go through it. Hopefully not. Hopefully God allows that never to happen in your life. I'm really hoping that you don't have to go through what I go through because, and I'm not putting myself up like no Messiah, but one of my prayers is, whenever I pray is, Lord, I have already been through enough. Do not let this person go through it. Lord, I don't want to see this person go through it. I'm really trying to intercede for people like a different way. Most people would like to punish people. I hear it all the time, even to this day, people, if certain people don't turn to God a certain way, the certain way that they think, God's going to punish them. God's going to do this. Um, it's just crazy talk all the time. And yes, that's crazy talk because you don't know the mind of God. You know some of it. You can read his word, but even reading his word, you still don't know it all. You don't even know the mind of God. None of us do. We don't even know the thoughts of heaven alone. Just the thoughts of heaven have not entered into man's heart. He has not allowed it. He says, I've kept that from you. There's things like that that God says... You're too finite. You're too much of my child. And I'm not going to give you that knowledge. You don't need that knowledge. Why? So you can be puffed up. So you can lord over somebody else. Because that's not what God's in the business of. He's not in the business of making lords to lord over his people. And he'll correct people. You might get away with it. A wolf in sheep's clothing for a little while. But God will get you. God will get you. And... When God calls you out of the world, when God separates you, there's a reason. And he might not show it all to you, and he might do it in pieces along the way, but he has purpose and he has a plan. I was reminded of John chapter 17, 
in one of the parts of the verse it says, "All mine are thine, and all thine are mine. Thy, all mine are thine, and all thine are mine. I've not lost none except the son of partition." And I don't pray for those those out there, but I pray for these these ones that are in here. And I'm paraphrasing, and that through their word, the people that get saved, I want you to honor that. He's, he's, he's putting endorsement on people that he calls out of the world as they go out and preach the gospel in the way that he instructs them through their words, even though Jesus doesn't show up on the scene, salvation is being found. Now, that's some deep stuff right there. It's very trivial, it's very easy stuff, but it's very deep also. To the deep thinker, it's deep. To the simple, it's simple. Sometimes we complicate things and make things way too more complicated than they need to be. Like I was instructing my kids here, we do, each night we either pray, pray and sing, pray, read the Bible and sing each night before they go to bed. But I told them, I said, listen, the Bible's really easy. You have to take it for face value before you start getting into the deep stuff and trying to figure out what this scripture means for this scripture and all that. Read it for face value. God made this Bible very simple. It's very simple. And he's not going to punish you for reading it for face value because then it was a lie. If you can't read the Bible for what it says and live it the way it says it, then the Bible's a lie. If you have to have a Bible that has to have interpretations you have to have people that interpretate it for you. You have to understand certain scriptures to understand this scripture. Then we have a big problem here because then it's only for a certain group of people. And that's not what God did. Then what he did on the cross is not really effective because why would he make it a certain way like that with all kinds of hidden meanings and you got to go through hidden type people and you got to have a shadowy type government set up to get this word out that's not it's never been like that we make it like that but it's always been open and it's been out in the front and God has never hid it now the world wants to hide it but God has never hidden it God has always kept his word out there for everybody to see and to hear and that's the way it is now your prayer closet when you go into your prayer closet, you close the door behind you and you pray to your father and your father, which hears in secret, will reward you openly, the Bible says. Now, the, the hard part of that is, is getting into your prayer closet. Nobody likes to be alone. Nobody likes to stand there and pray to an unseen God alone. They want confirmation. They want people to endorse them. They want people to pat them on the back. They want to find comfort in camaraderie, things like that. So nobody likes to do it alone. Now, there's a place for jumping and shouting. There's a place for public prayer. There's a place for all this. I'm not saying there's not a place for it. But when you neglect one for the other, you have a problem. Because nowhere is it say in the New Testament where it says, Jump and shout and God's going to answer your prayers openly. It doesn't say that. Why would you want to have it like that? You don't like spending time with God. You don't like closing the door and getting on your knees and 
pouring your heart and soul out to God, just God, finding out what he wants to do in your life. Now, I, for all my spiritual friends out there that are talking about the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, there's a place for that too. Your prayer closet. Okay, so, sorry, I had a phone call from my wife there, so I had to pause it. Your prayer closet is a place where you go and pray. Now, speaking in tongues, praying in your most holy faith, that's another one. Also, that's for edifying yourself. See, do you see the theme here? There's there's the edification, and Paul had to correct people and say, listen, when you're praying, that praying in an unknown tongue, that's for your own self-edification. Now, many people, they get disillusioned with all kinds of those scriptures and they start to put them in places they're not supposed to put them. But you can, you should be able to see a theme throughout the Bible and the face value, just like I'm showing you. Very simple. If you don't see that theme and it has to be so complex that only you can see it and you're the only one with the revelation, the Bible says the, the scriptures are of no private interpretation. That means that scripture is not a private interpretation. That men, when they wrote it, when God inspired them by the Holy Ghost, that men didn't just come up with these scriptures by themselves. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit. He is the author of our word, of the Bible. That's what gives it its authority. It's not because of King James. It's not because of man. It's because of God. Very simple, simple things. When you start putting things in order, it's very simple. The hard part is when we complicate it, we get our life involved and our own feelings and emotions and in the day and age we're in right now, feelings are ruining people's lives. Emotions are ruining families. They're ruining everything because logic is out the window. People aren't using their logic brain right now. There's two hemispheres of your brain. There's the left side and the right side. One side's for logic and one side's for emotions. They work together. They have much importance, both of them. One's not greater than the other, but one is used more than the other the logic but what happens is is when you're put into a dream state constantly a dream state your feelings now kick in your emotions and they're heightened why do you think that propaganda is the way it is why do you think the billboards and everything stuff is even the words they've simplified all the words to just three letters or two letters abbreviations um, all these things are very simple so you don't have to use your brain Everything's emotional. Everything's very simple because then they can control your emotions and then they make you do things without thinking. And by the time you think about what, what happened, it's too late. Things have already been done. The person that's controlling you has already got their agenda accomplished. They've learned this a long time ago. The problem is the sheep have not learned this. The voices like me and many others out there that God has put in the earth speak a certain way and tell people a certain way to listen to God. Turn your heads to God. Not turn your heads to me. Not turn your heads to what I'm doing. Turn your heads to God. Not receiving nothing from you. Not asking for nothing, but doing it with the freeness and the anointing that God has given freely as he's given to me, freely I give to you. That's the way it should be. And we all come in unity under one person, Jesus. That's our master. That's our leader. Anyone else in the way of that is not. Now, everything's got its place. There's offices and positions. They all have their place. But something's happened where they're out of whack right now. Everything's out of whack. 
It's been out of whack for a long time. And God is not behind the times. God is ahead of the times. God is not waiting for things to happen. He's already put things in place for the situation at hand. Now, just like I talked about the Ark of the Covenant, just because you think you have God and you might have had him at one time doesn't mean he's going to go into the battle with you. He doesn't have to. He reserves all that right. It's predicated on the relationship that you have with him. And that relationship's more important than anything. That personal relationship that everyone talks about, let's, let's, let's turn it into what Enoch said. Enoch had a walk with God and was not. The walk. How is your walk with God? Not with other people. Not with what your dreams are, but how is your walk with God? Do you have a walk with God? Does it even matter? Them are the things that are so important to your core because when the last breath is in your mouth and your spirit starts to feel like it's lifting off your body because God is calling it home, and you wake up in your spirit and you're standing before the Almighty. You can't turn to the left. You can't turn to the right. You can't go on your brain. You can't use anything that you relied on this earth to talk to God. You're going to stand before him as you are known, just like he knows you and you're going to be known. He's going to see you exactly the way you are and you're going to see him exactly the way he is. Nobody's going to be standing there. I've heard people say, I'm going to stand there and I'm going to talk to God for you. And I'm going to, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Do you know that there's only one other position that I found in the Bible in heaven talked about in scripture? And it's the weakest part in the churches right now. It's called the elders. I don't see pastors in church in the heavens. I don't see preachers in heaven. I don't see ministers in heaven, except for ministering angels, ministering spirits. But the only thing that you see in heaven is elders, the elders, the elders. It's a position that I've had many times in church, many, many times. And it has very little power. We have a lot of power once a year when we have to do our meetings and get the, the money for the pastor. We have a lot of power. And you have to vote a certain way or else they remove you. They don't want you in the, the elder board if you don't vote a certain way. Trust me. They know how it works. And I am saying this because I've been on the inside. I've been there. Now, you might not have been there. And you're just accusing somebody and saying, that's not how it is. But I have been there. And I've been with other ministers that have spoke the same way. We know how this works. Some churches go and get more ministers for their church so they can vote a certain way. That's politics. It's happening all through the churches. Not saying all of them are doing it, but there's a great majority of them doing it because they've learned it. Because of the way the tax systems are set up, because of the way penalties are set up, because of the way th bureaucracy is and you can't get things done. Elders have a high position. Elders are usually those, and the Bible talks about them, they have to have good reputation, they have to know what they're doing, and they have to be solid citizens among the congregation. They have to be people that know and have had a walk that you can look at. They're not fly-by-night type people. And when they say something, they carry weight. And when you put a panel of them together, they should be the voice that you hear in the building that says, listen, we ain't taking this ship this way. And you need to listen to them. 
That's what you're supposed to do. But instead, we have a bunch of weak people that are afraid to speak up. They don't want to say nothing. They they don't have much position in the churches at all anymore. They're never even known really in any of the churches. Most churches don't even know who the elders are, except for when they do the vote. They have no position to talk to people. That's only reserved for one man. And you you see that a lot of things are out of whack. Now, I'm saying all this because this is how our prayer lives get. This is how people's prayer lives get. Real easily, people start to have feelings and emotions involved in their prayer life. And they'll pray and pray and pray and nothing ever happens. And they'll be claiming stuff that has happened and it has not happened. I have seen people claim healings only to resurface to have those sicknesses, the same sickness, and to rebuke you for saying anything about it because that's called delusion. When you are sick and you are calling, see, the thing is, is if you don't call a thing what it is, you're lying. And when you make other people do that, you're a liar and you're promoting lies and your father's the devil. To be honest is to say, this is what's happening and you come clean about it and if God doesn't heal you, you don't feel ashamed of it and you don't let others ashamed you of it and say that it's your faith or just like they did to Job. You don't let them do that. The problem is, is when people start to lie and say that they're sick and then God healed them and start claiming healings and testifying of it on the basis that they're going to handcuff God to make him heal them. And that's what they do. That's the hidden motive. And they find out that God didn't heal them only for that same sickness to resurface. Because whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. It's free indeed. He doesn't heal you of a sickness just for it to come back. That's a whole different subject that I'm not even talking about. But what I want to talk to you today about is I want to kind of close up that door on the prayer closet. And sometimes God does close doors in your life. And trust me, if God is closing doors and he's not letting your will get done, there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a good reason. And you can't let people shame you because most people don't even know your walk with God. They only see on the outside. They see outside that prayer closet. They see the door was shut. They don't hear what's going on inside. They don't know what's going on. They could be talking about you. They could be having all kinds of advice. But that door is shut. And it's between you and God. And when you come out of that room, God is going to bless you openly. He's going to do it. He's going to do it for me. And he's going to do it for you. Now, the ending of this is what I want to say. Every, everything I've had to do in the last five months has been very hard. Very, very hard. And the Lord showed me some scriptures and Proverbs. The slothful man, he looks out the window of his house and he sees a lion in the street. And he says, there's a lion in the street. And he doesn't go out. Now I'm paraphrasing. And I thought about that. I started thinking about that. And the Lord really dropped in my spirit about when there's a lion out in the street, the lazy person won't go out in the street. He won't even try to go down the road. And he actually put two different words in the scripture. 
There's a street and there's a road. There's a line in the street, there's a line in the road. He covered both places, the city and the country setting. He covered them both, so both types of people. And when you see the danger, the lion represents danger or a problem or something that's very scary or some kind of insurmountable mountain or odds. And you look out there and you say, oh, this is impossible, man. I can't do this. And you just kind of just go back to bed. And the bed is your comfort place. You go back into comfort zone. Next day, you look out the window, oh, the lion's out there. And after a while, it becomes an excuse. No longer are you even going out there. No longer are you even fighting. No lo- you don't even have to kill the lion. You just have to find a route around them. But the true warriors slay their lions. And this might have been metaphorically a thing that David was talking about because he killed his lion and bear when he was young. And by doing that, gave him the ability to slay his giant. Precept upon precept, a little here, a little there. God gets you walking on that walk with him one step at a time. Lamp under my feet in a dark time, one step at a time. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, though I walk in a place where there's lions, though I walk in a place there's giants, though I walk in a place that there's bears, I will fear no evil because I am not a slothful person. I am anointed by God and I'm going to get out of this room and I am going to walk. I'm going to go down this road and I'm going to slay my giant. I'm going to slay my lion. And so let's boil this down to terms we can use. Every day, whenever I have something insurmountable to me, and it could be something very simple. A little while ago, my two girls here, my stepdaughters, they had some toys that needed batteries put in it. And I wasn't even thinking about doing that because I'm doing everything I can just to do this podcast today. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it because I'm, you know, it really means a lot to them. And it's a lion. I'm going to slay this lion. That's how I think now. And it motivates you to move and do it. It makes the trivial task that seems so hard, something more important. And so I did it for them and they were so happy. And I told them after I'm done, I just slayed my lion and Eliana laughs because this is something I taught her. I've been teaching her that when you do something that you don't want to do, or you do something that's kind of hard for you, that's slaying your lion. It's a very simple way of thinking, but it's a motivating way of thinking. And that's what I want you to do today, guys. That's what my podcast is about. I want you to become lion slayers. I'm working on my audience to become lion slayers. I'm working on it in my life. I want you to work on it in your life. In the meantime, I want you to work on your prayer in your prayer closet, the time alone with God. You don't have to tell people about your prayers. You might have to go in that prayer closet and pour out to God because that person next to you is never going to understand. Or the people across the aisle will never never know so that's what we're going to work on today and with that god bless hey thanks for listening to this podcast today i hope you sit back and think about what we talked about in here And if there's a problem in your life, consider it to be a lion and don't go back to bed and go to sleep and ignore it, but go out there and slay that lion. Any problem, any situation, any mountain, any giant, anything that's too big, get out there and fight it and you can overcome it when God's on your side. 
I love you all and God bless. Thank you.